my name's Joe Achilles, and uh, nowadays I am a full-time YouTuber. Record now. Yeah, sure. Because we're chinwagging anyway. Yeah. And that's kind of the vibe. So we Absolutely. might as well just carry on as we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've run out of things to talk about. That's now. it, yeah, that's right. It. Well, I've been here five minutes. We've run out of stuff, so I'll see you in a bit, mate. <laughs> um, so th there's no like real structure to any of this. I don't have like questions or anything like that. It's just a, a casual chat. Sure. And the idea is to kind of go, look, talking isn't that scary. I can do it with effective strangers. Absolutely. You can do it with your mates. And yeah. if we go down some rabbit holes, or if we go into like some serious stuff, that's okay. We just kind of go with it. Um, and sometimes we go with these, we get really quite deep. Yep. And sometimes we just have a laugh for an hour. Like there's no expectation to go in any direction. And it kind of gives you the control over how much you go into and how much you want to share and stuff like that. It's it's very relaxed. I, I'm not a professional, so I don't pretend to be a professional. No, neither am I. <laughs> and hopefully that makes it a bit more easy to kind of listen to and get on with and stuff like that. So there, there's only one thing that I ask, and that's who are you and what do you do? Sure. Uh, my name's Joe Achilles, and uh, nowadays I am a full-time YouTuber, which uh, still sounds strange saying that because I've only been doing it full-time for about two years. Um, He's an influencer, in... everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, a content creator. Yeah. I don't know if I like the word influencer, but yeah, it's true, influencing. Um, and uh, yeah, in the automotive world. Yeah. It is interesting how the word influencer has come about, though, isn't it? Because what it kind of derives from is your an influencer is someone nowadays is someone that is driving you to a website or a product or something like that. Like the reason it's called an influencer is you're trying to influence people to buy. Yeah, because it's not actually an influential person. No, and it's weird that that's how it's been construed. And you're exactly right. You create content as part of what you do. You're not like. I'm a salesperson in a sneaky way, like yeah. And it's weird how it's all been kind of colluded into each other, and it's like a, almost like a sneaky workaround for advertising. Well, well, it is. Uh, I think especially for what I do, because I, I do a couple of brand deals, and I do so a couple of actual influential things where I'm trying to promote something on the channel or my Instagram page. Uh, but the majority of what I do, I like to think of myself as an unqualified journalists uh, I'll be very critical about whatever it is I'm reviewing whether it's a good thing or a bad thing um and and I think that's why when people call you an influencer or you get invited on a car launch and you're part of the influencer group yeah. it's a bit of a gray area because you're you're not being paid to be an influencer on these press launches yeah, but yeah. they're pigeonholing you as an influencer so what are they admitting there that you're going to come along and produce sales for them so it's a bit of a but it's a changing landscape isn't it um yeah, yeah. and uh, uh yeah but then there are full-on influencers that literally go around there's a lot of lifestyle influencers that we see on these car launches these days that literally go around going this is amazing this is the best thing ever this is brilliant this is and it's like I think it's if all you do is say something's good, then your opinion is effectively invalid. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> and, and brands love it. I think the marketing agencies and the press departments, to a certain level, really like that because they're like, "This is amazing. We can invite these people along," and they just say brilliant things. But as you say, 
people are not stupid um, and see through this very quickly and their opinions are next to, you know, useless in, in most cases. Yeah, and it's almost like they're almost like a hype man rather than a journalist. Exactly. And like when I create the title for this episode, it's going to be automotive journalist rather than content creator because yeah. you're actually doing more of a real world, like here's the good bits, here's the bad bits, here's my opinion, here's how it feels, here's how it drives, like... It is just video journalism rather than written journalism. Like yes. that's where I would have pigeonholed you rather than he's an influencer because yes. I'm not following your stuff to see where you are. I'm following it to learn more about the thing. Yep. Which is probably the dividing factor: is are you providing information or are you just going around going, "I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here." Exactly. Yeah, and, and I think it's a it, it it's a it's kind of it's also combining a bit of that as well because I think. From the day I started my YouTube channel as a hobby about 10 years ago to this day almost, um, for me it was always about sharing my experiences with others, uh, you know, especially as I started to get my hands on nicer cars that weren't mine, things I could never afford, uh, but I was lucky enough to, to drive or whatever. And I wanted to share that with people that maybe would never also get the chance to do that um and it was all about and I still I still try and make that part of the journey to bring people along but but yeah but then very I am outspoken about a lot of things and uh does get me not in trouble with brands but I think um in this yeah you just got to be careful haven't you online people don't forget and you soon get crossed off people's lists if you say things that are too honest or too brutal (laughs) yeah which is like it's a a difficult game to play because like, I want to be subjective. Yes. But then at the same time, I have to keep the brand somewhat happy. Otherwise, I'll never get to do this again. And then my whole platform just disappears because nobody will give me a car to drive. Like it, Exactly. It's like a weird like balancing act of, well, I want to be honest, but I also don't want to upset people if they do something really terrible. Like, yeah. How do you find like working that balance? How difficult can that be? Well, I think when you first start... It's really difficult. Uh, like I look at a lot of, uh, they have these manufacturers, brands have these influencer days now. I yeah. know Audi do it, BMW do it, Volkswagen, they all do it. These influencer days where they invite these newbies along that have just started. Uh, and it's a great way to meet these people and get a sense of what they're like. Because uh, I think it's important for brands to start with someone from a not a young age necessarily because I didn't start at a young age but from a young brand age um at the start of their journey kind of and start their journey and build that relationship um but it's yeah it's it, it's difficult for them as it was for me uh when you're starting out because the last thing you want to do is you get invited to let's just say as an example Audi invite you to an event with a car that you don't think is particularly great or whatever now if you've just been invited by audi but to an event you're you're kind of like you're a bit stuck because you you, you don't want to say too many negative things or any because you you're kind of like a rabbit in the headlights at that point you're like i've just been i've made it you know I've, this yeah, is my yeah. first big break and so again you kind of i don't know it is difficult i think when you're starting out you've got to be very careful and there's a couple of there's a couple of cars that I've reviewed, even in the more recent years, where I've just thought, these are absolute rubbish. You know, like there's literally, and, and I get to the end of the video, I've recorded, spent, you know, many hours or a day filming a video, and I just watch it back on the edit, and I'm like, this is, I'm so negative about this car, 
I don't even want to publish it. And in some cases, I haven't because it's it's just so negative. Yeah, and, and it I, seems like you're just hating on. Something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think that's not good for uh, for anyone, let alone the brand. So, um, but yeah, it's it, it is a fine balance. But I think a lot of press departments do get it. And as you touched upon earlier on, it's like if you're pointing out a negative about something that most people know about. So if it's a car they're looking at buying and and it's a it's, it's a negative that, that most people are aware of anyway, if you're talking about that, they're like, okay, well, I knew about that. I knew that was a negative. But then the 80% of the video is, but actually the handling is brilliant, that this is brilliant and that is then that's what they that, that's all they've come to watch is okay great that's what I wanted to know I'm going to go and buy the car or I'm going to consider it or whatever it might be and I think it's just it's yeah it's refreshing people's minds because if you're going out to spend 50 grand in a car you've done your research anyway you're watching more YouTube videos that might be one of mine just to sort of you know stamp that you kind of want to reaffirm your own decision exactly you? people yes love to know that they've made the right decision that's what the the big thing is it's not a that's it i want to be told i've made a mistake nobody likes that feeling so no like, i want to hear all the good things and i know i've done the right thing yeah yeah, yeah. you just block the negatives out yeah. don't you? it's like yep yep this car will kill you but it looks great oh he said it looks good i'll, I'll go and get it <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah that's uh, it so it must have been quite a like obviously so 10 years ago is it's not like the birth of social media and the youtube but it's no. quite early into the the whole journey of that because obviously, like Facebook and YouTube and stuff is what 2006, 2007. Then it kind of reached here and started yep. growing. Yep. But ten years ago is only 2013, so you were quite early into the game. How has the landscape of that changed as you've kind of seen it move forward? Then, uh, I mean, it's 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 definitely it's changed in a lot of ways. And you're right. When I when I started, it was almost by accident. Um, I was on forums a lot back then, Facebook and 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 car forums. Uh, I'm a bit of a BMW fanboy, and that's no secret. So I used to be part of the baby BMW group, um, and I was on there very active. and And that's I, I enjoyed that. There was lots of topics. The problem with forums, um, as I'm sure you're aware of, is there's a lot of toxic behaviour on there. Uh, there's a lot of cyberbullying and horribleness that goes on. Uh, which actually nowadays has completely put me off going onto forums because there is there are some horrible people on there and it and it can really get to you and even if it's not about you whatever it's just that yeah the behaviour on those forums is it's and it's still not controlled and I wish it was controlled better because it's it's really bad um, so but you'd start on the forums and um, and. They would always. You, you, I brought a M135i back in the day, so twenty September twenty thirteen, um, and people at that time it was a real hot car. Chris Harris had said it was the best thing since sliced bread, and it was it was for the money, just under thirty grand. It was a brilliant car. I financed it. Definitely didn't have the thirty grand then, but I found a way, as you do, yeah. and um, and 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 then started sharing just silly. Story, not silly stories, but stories about it. I don't know. This is how you do. This is how you use the launch control. This is how you activate the the, the sat nav. This is just things that the forum. Otherwise, you'd have had to put pictures or type. Yeah, and explain. step by step flow chart. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so suddenly it was like, oh, here's a link to the YouTube channel that I filmed about this topic. Oh, great. And and that's kind of so it was it was it wasn't in any way me wanting to start a YouTube channel as a career for sure back then or even build a youtube channel it was literally like ah oh, 
YouTube. I can make the video, put it on YouTube, and then share that link on here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that kind of grew. And, and I think it was the positivity more than anything from the videos that I got that then encouraged me to do more. And that, that then developed into, you know, putting more effort and time into videos, more money, more whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've just got my first, I, I say just, it's been a few months, just got a proper camera. Yes. And I'm now like, I really like photographing things. So I'm just like, I'm going to run out and spend all my money on photographing stuff. Like, yeah. You really fall into the rabbit hole really quickly when you start finding something that A, you enjoy, and B, you can kind of learn and get better at. Yes. And you're like, oh, maybe I could do this more. Maybe I could do this for other people. <laughs> yeah. All these like, dreams just start appearing. And that's a good thing. But I think that does, you know, I think not everybody thinks like that. Uh, maybe some people are afraid to think out of the box in that sense. Um, but it's a great, you're, create, you're clearly a creative person. And so that's kind of what springs, you know, your yeah. mind's all, it's never stopping. You're always like onto the next thing, onto the next thing. And that's a, that's a great way of. Well, if it gives them contact, I've, so I've recently gone to the doctors about like potentially having ADHD. Oh, okay. So my, my partner's a psychologist. Like yep. it's her job is ADHD and autism diagnosis and things like that. And we've had some proper conversations. And she's gone, well, the more that we look into it alongside kind of the, the symptoms and the stereotypical behaviors yeah like you might actually be on that that kind of in that space yeah maybe go and see the doctor and this and the other and a lot of it is like the hyper fixations the loads of hobbies and bouncing around and never-ending brain and that sort of thing yep and it's interesting the more you learn the more you kind of start recognizing it in different places sure so when i meet more creative people i'm like I think you might have ADHD like, <laughs> every time. Like, so when we were chatting the other week and you sent me a, a voice note while we were just having a chat about an idea. Yeah. And we went off on, you on your own, like you were just talking to your phone, went off on all these different tangents. And I was like going, I think Joe yeah, might have ADHD. Yeah, he's definitely got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so so when, true. When we, when we read to this, it's like, we're going to have a lot of conversation because we're very easily going to go off in turn, like we are right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe's yeah. talking about his BMW and I'm like, ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, that's the fun thing about like being creative and having a mind that can kind of wander into different places. Yep. The difficult part is trying to backtrack to where you were. Yeah. Because you've gone off in a new place. And like, oh, I was, I was actually supposed to be doing something. <laughs> like, yes. I had a purpose, and now I'm over here somehow, and I, I'm not sure where where I was going earlier. Yeah. Um. So to try and get back to you and not me just self talking as I always do. No, not at all. Um. It started with you doing these these how to videos and basically just sharing your experience and that's somewhat kind of continued for you really hasn't it it's not necessarily been a a big turning it on its head it's been informative and instructive it's it's quite a a common theme is that you're trying to just kind of help people learn more about cars yeah i mean it's um so when i first started i actually worked uh i worked for asos.com right uh, I was there, so my, I, I won't go into it now, I won't go off on that big tangent, but I, I worked in the fashion industry for a lot of my younger adult life, um, and I was a model booker. Um, I was going to say, were you a model? No, thank you very you much. fall into that trap. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, well, unfortunately and fortunately not, um, but yeah, I was, a, I was a model booker, so essentially a model agent um, at an agency in London called Storm. And then I worked for, left them and I worked for ASOS for a couple of years. So all of the, everyone probably knows ASOS, uh, all of the e-com models that you see on the screen. Uh, I used to book, be responsible for booking them with, with my team. 
at one point just before I left, we were booking 144 models a week. Um, just to give you an idea, I mean, it was like a chicken farm. It was ridiculous. The um, amount of stuff they have to have photographed. The amount of the product. Amount of variety. You can't just have Dave in every single team. No, right? really it's got to be different can't. people, hasn't it? Exactly. And and yeah, yeah, it, exactly that. It was it it was it was insane. But so when I started my channel, I was there. So that was quite a time-consuming job, as anything in the fashion world is. Um, and so there was snippets. Then I left uh, there in t- um, 24. So about a year after I'd started the YouTube as a as a hobby, I left uh, ASOS and I set up my chauffeuring business, um, which was very much based on the fact that when I was uh, in the fashion industry, I made a lot of friends. I, and then when I worked at ASOS, I knew all the all the modeling agencies in London because I used to throw a lot of work their way. Uh, and I also knew a lot of really high-end models that I'd worked with from a younger age that sort of, you know, they they, they they sort of started at the agency and I'd watched them grow and I'd been their chaperone over the years and stuff. So I kind of had, I ha- everything was lining up and, and I just, for me, I wanted to get behind the wheel of a car because cars have always been my passion. When I was younger, I didn't know how to get into cars. My parents aren't into cars at all. My brother's not, my family aren't. Um, and so I had no in and I didn't really know I didn't have any qualifications or you know I wasn't a journalist so I just kind of almost gave up on that idea and went down a different avenue suddenly I was like oh okay well I just want to get behind the wheel of the car no matter what it takes Um, so I set up a chauffeuring company and that allowed me to get behind the wheel of a car although it was behind the wheel of a car mostly in London traffic so it wasn't like the dream luxury taxi driver (laughs) luxury exactly that (laughs) Uh, but really fun. It, I was never in it. It was smart, casual. My clients, were, I only had a select amount of clients. They're all very, uh, very good friends slash high end supermodels and yeah. people in in that world. And I had some brilliant years. I loved the job. Actually, the majority of it. It was hard work. Sometimes you'd work like you know three or four days with literally no sleep um, because that's what their lifestyle was. So you were mirroring that because you're with them all the time. Um, but what it allowed me to do was uh, I went from working, let's say, five days straight with hardly any sleep. And then I had a week because everyone I was looking after lived was based in L.A. or away. So then I'd have a week at home on my own. And I was single then. I lived in my own little house of of nothing to do. So rather than, let's say... If I was 10 years younger, I would have been out in London partying or drinking on, you know, yeah, yeah. splashing a weekend away, whatever. I, I, I thought to myself, let's try and really utilize this spare time that I've got and 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 spend any of my excess money wisely and, and really try and build the channel, make the, you know, buy better camera equipment, buy a better computer, um, film better videos. And and but again at that time it wasn't it wasn't so much I wouldn't, it would never have been a dream even to turn it into a full-time uh, uh, job. It was just about trying to showcase what I did better and trying to share my experiences to a high level and try and get in, invited to press launches or something, you know, cool. And so that I kind of worked worked on at a dealership level. I'd beg and borrow and steal cars from people and friends and dealerships to try and build the channel Um but again, it wasn't it wasn't ever my wildest dream that it would become a full time thing. It was just let's try and do this. Well, when you were doing that, was the possibility of it being a full time thing even like heard of? Because there's not 
many people that do it full time, especially not back then. You've probably got like Supercars London, Shmi, um, Seen Through Glass are the first three that come to mind. Yes. But there's probably only five or six people that have been doing it more than 10 years. Yep. And before the, say, over five years, it's not necessarily a full time gig. So was that even part of your like possibilities or was it just I enjoy doing this I want to do it more and hopefully this leads to a job in journalism or a writing thing it was like a vehicle to get you into somewhere else rather than being the thing itself exactly that yeah I mean I was very fortunate that um Tim Shmi uh actually was very helpful back in those days um uh and I actually so when I started my chauffeuring business in 20 in the 2014 I was trying to drum up some business um, and uh, and he, so I reached out to him because at the time you're exactly right in saying those guys were like the, the big wigs in, in the, in the, in the sort of YouTube world and most of them still are. And so I reached out to Tim and I, I think I wrote him a DM on, on Facebook or something. I thought I'm never going to hear back. And I was like, Hey Tim, watch your videos for years. Uh, just built up a chauffeuring business. Um, Want to spread the word a bit more. Um, uh, just wondering if there's some um, airport transfers you need doing would happily do them in return for Instagram story shout out something like that yeah uh, literally straight back hey Joe uh, actually um, the, the two of the team Mark and I think it was Seb Delaney at the time were f- are flying into Heathrow this evening any chance you're available um, they're coming to my house so I'll greet you when you get to my house I was like Oh my goodness! Like I just said, absolutely, I'm on the way. Like. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was like, when are they landing at hour, and I was like, I'm on my way. And so, so, so yeah, so so it was really handy, and we built up a good relationship there actually um, over the years. And Tim's always been, like I said, very helpful to me in that sense. But back then, he was an alien to me in that sense that it was, and and he still is. I mean, he's on a completely different stratosphere to what I do and what I earn and etc. But um but yeah again look at those guys you're right it was like I'm never they're they're the untouchables and they started many years before not too many years before but they started in the sort of golden era um when when nobody was doing it it's like with Chris Harris on cars was like the first thing exactly oh my god this is amazing yeah and it was the first and like nobody was doing it more than 10 years ago I think Chris was almost too Chris was ahead of his too early yeah he was too uh, I think Chris is and I, 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 I'm not being critical about what he does because I think him and Neil are still the best in the business. Even their early stuff is 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 the best, and it got that's that's a big motivation for what got me going. I think back in the day, that's what got me buying that M one three five I was a Chris. But I think their their two biggest issues were they were too early, they they, they peaked too soon because they were too good too soon. You the YouTube audience back then tended to be a lot younger, uh, and and not anywhere near as big. And I think the other thing that they got wrong back then, and still, if you're doing it today, it's an issue, is the quality was too good for YouTube. Yeah. Um, it was too... It's too it, professional. It's too professional. It got lost. And I think even today, I find with... And I can't compare my stuff with theirs at all, but like if I do a high production one with Patrick and we get... If you shoot something that's too, like nice and too yeah it seems like a company's doing it for their own benefit rather than a guy in his car exactly and then youtube will go no 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 this is an advert now isn't it we've got you you're trying to sneak an advert in no that's exactly it it. yeah i mean the algorithms are so clever aren't they and that's exactly it and i think even back then it was just um but yeah so well that gives hope to the rest of us because 
I can't create something that high quality, but if I know that I don't need to, let's have at it. Like, I just wander around a car park with my phone next time instead. Yeah, but that's what wins. I mean, you look at all of them. Like, in fact, Tim and Jane, JW, all these, they're all going, I don't watch much of Mr. Beast, but but they're all using his tactics and they're all using this snappy quick yeah because people's attention hold spans attention, hold attention hold attention exactly hold attention. Yeah. yeah and it's all very scrappy in a way if you looked at it as like a film producer you'd be like oh what is this but actually with the way that most people's brains work these days with tiktoks and reels and all this which yeah. i'm not personally not a fan of but i say that if you left now and i sat here and opened my phone up within and 10 minutes at, you're on tiktok oh yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm i'm here <laughs> on a real like the rest of the day <laughs> literally it's like oh my god joe have lunch make a tea and i'm just you know joe, i think you might have adhd <laughs> yeah, oh mate i'm sure lou would agree with that we've just uh just to give you guys an idea of where we so we just lou and i've just moved into a new house um yeah, and it's it's a lovely house, but there's just stuff everywhere. And and every day, if I'm at home, because Lou works in the office a lot, she'll leave me a little list, not a big list, a little list of of a wish list. And I get this, I get so distracted with things, and then I get so frustrated at the end of the day because rather than doing like working on, if I've got a list of ten things, some from her and some from me, rather than actually working on the first five and getting them done, I'll go. Work at, look at one and then I'll jump to seven and maybe maybe complete seven and then look at ten and and it's just like <laughs> what's wrong with you you know yeah, yeah. other days I'll be more productive but that's that's just and then how... you feel guilt like you feel like absolute crap at the end of the day I've yes. failed yeah, it's, exactly it's like when your mum would ask you to take something out of the freezer and then you remember as she's pulling around the corner like ah <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. oh the fridge didn't yeah. defrost it fast enough like. yeah, it was a cold yeah it was a really cold day today yeah exactly that and you're a grown man and it's your partner and you're still like I'm sorry mum I didn't do these jobs <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it happens it happens to, I find yeah. lists can either like like what you get you either go wildly off it you yeah. start one task and then something pops up while you're doing it and then yeah. something else will pop up while you're doing that task yes or they can be really good to go right i've got these things to do i'll do one and i get to tick it and i but it depends on what day it is yes. it's not a constant like my other half she will set like a goal list yeah and she'll keep to it yeah and she so she's just uh at the gym quite a lot and she's got a personal trainer and she's trying to do pbs and she's got like a journal and she'll fill it out wow she's like really organized and really good with that yeah and then I've tried that about 8 million times. And as soon as I miss one day, yeah. that's it, it's gone. I'm like, well, this is gone, out the window, never going to touch that again. Yeah. And then like six months later, I'll get that little like, oh, I'm going to be really organised, I'm going to sort my stuff out, and I'll do it for about three days. Yeah. And then I'll miss something, I'm like, right, back to chaos it is, let's figure out what's going on now. Yeah. And it's so hard to find a thing that works. And there was a, a clip from Malcolm in the Middle that really helped summarise it. And it was, so how the dad... Was at, he was going to change the light bulb in the living room. Yeah. And he's like, right, I'll take the light bulb. Then he goes to like the drawer where the light bulbs are, pulls the drawer and like the handle comes off. He's like, oh, I'll replace the handle. <laughs> and then he goes into the garage and there's like boxes everywhere and the thing he needs is like behind the car. So he opens the door to take the car out and then as he starts pulling the car forward, he hears a knocking sound. So he's like, well, I now need to figure out what that is. And then he gets like, <laughs> by the end of it, like the car's in like bits and his wife comes home she's like, why haven't you changed that light bulb? He's like, what does it look like I'm doing? And he's like, under the car with the engine. Brilliant. Like, That's how it happens. Like you start one thing and then something distracts you on the journey of finishing yep. a task. 
and then you're on another task and by the end of the day you've got no tasks done and the house is a mess like <laughs> yes. you've got all these little projects that just haven't been finished in yeah. any way but you've just made everything much worse <laughs> yeah yeah that's oh, i've never i've not seen that but that sounds i'll find that clip that, and i'll send it to you yeah it's literally yeah. like it gets in a day and she's she comes in and she's like why haven't you changed that light bulb? And he's underneath the car, yeah. covered in oil. He's like, what does it look like I'm doing? Like, it's full on. Because like, his brain's followed the tr- the journey. Yeah. And she's just he seen still it. is. Yeah, yeah, he still is changing. So I'm going to get this done, then I'll go back to that, and then back to that. And then eventually the light bulb will get done. Wow. And there's just never enough time. No. Um, but it, it's it's a very common thing, especially with creative people, because it is that, like sparks of creativity. Yep. And I think a lot of creative people are neurodivergent in some way or another. And it has huge advantages and huge disadvantages in, in like equal measure. But it, it sounds like, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, you might want to go and speak to the GP. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, or get some cocaine, because that will really help. Like, <laughs> the thing with ADHD, it's like a, it's a dopamine irregularity. Like You can't right. regulate sufficiently. Yep. So you're always chasing the little rushes. Yep. And it's why people with like ADHD and that often have like a lot of sugary food because it's a quick burst of energy and it gives you that bit of a rush. But a lot of people in, especially in America, have found out they've got ADHD by going to say like a party and someone having like some Adderall or something like that because it really heightens everything. Right. If you don't have ADHD, so cocaine is another one. It's a like a real stimulant. Okay. But if you've got ADHD, it just brings you to everyone else's baseline because it just balances you out. Because okay. you've got all these deficiencies and then it goes up and down. Yeah. But having a stimulant actually just, it like, I can't remember how it to describe it, it, but almost. it just like, it levels yeah. you. Yeah. It gets you to where you should, like where everyone else is. Yeah. So you'll have people that go to these parties and then you're sitting there going, oh my God, I can concentrate. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> everyone else is like off the roof. Yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, I feel so relaxed. This is lovely. <laughs> like, wow. But it happens all the time and it's, people don't know about it and then yeah. they go and they try like a, recreational drug or something yeah and then they go to the doctors like i took some drugs and i just got really focused yeah and now i'm confused as to what, and they're like you've got adhd here's some adderall or whatever the the, the prescriptions are for it yeah and it, all it is is just to bring you to a balance level it right. doesn't spike or trough as much yeah and then you can focus on like tasks and things wow. like that okay oh well um, maybe i do need to look into that because i'm I mean, I know your whole concept is around um, mental health or, you know, uh, talking. Uh, and uh, and I've spent my life being very up and down. I'm, I'm a very bouncy, bubbly, usually positive character. Yeah. Um, but then there's another side to, to, to me and, and I guess most of my life where I do have massive down days um, and, and I'm as far down as I am on the up days and yeah. and very rarely am i a happy medium yeah, yeah um and and uh and and i think yeah it's very and you hear about that with comedians especially you hear i mean it's you, you hear that a lot of comedians suffer massively from depression and stuff and 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 i guess that's their that you know the, the yin and yang isn't it they're right up here on stage they're funny with all their mates and whatever else i'm sure but then actually, you know, they there's a do... lot of introspection and a lot of self-doubt. And I think that exactly. comes with a lot of people in the public eye to a certain extent as well, because you have such a rush. Yep. And one thing, so I used to work in secure hospitals. Like that's a big reason why mental health is a big important thing for what I do is because I've, I've worked in the environments where it's at its worst and sure. seen just how dark it can get and what can help bring people through the other side of that. Yep. But what we had, there was a, a graph and it's, I can't remember what it was called, but it's like an incident graph. And it 
kind of shows the journey of an like a, an aggressive act or a self-harm behavior something like that and what you get is you'll have a huge rush yeah and like energy levels will peak and then they won't go back to baseline they'll go below base right so after every kind of big rush in either a positive or a negative way you'll always find that it goes a little bit further the other direction before it reaches back to baseline again right and it's a similar kind of thing like you have this massive energy especially if you're a performing artist or something like that. you're on stage everyone's cheering for you everything's like you 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 isn't this great yeah and then you come off and then all of that just rushes out of you yeah but it doesn't go to normal it goes past and below right and this is probably what you you you're talking about and what you've probably experienced as well is you'll have a smashing day yeah and things will be great you're at a car launch you'll be with all the people that you respect this that, and the other and the next day you're like oh what did they think about this oh, i said that wrong i did this wrong they will have, they're going to be thinking of this and nobody yeah. is yeah because they've all had the same day and they're like oh this was great i really enjoyed that and if yeah. they are more neuro- neurotypical say they will be a little bit more consistent whereas if you're a little bit off that you will have the next day of a lot of self-reflection and introspection and replaying anything that wasn't like perfect yep. and going, oh, how can I fix that? How did I, why did I do that? Oh, I'm such an idiot. Yeah, rather just getting on. Yeah, rather, rather than going, right, another on. day, another dollar. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're just like, oh, yeah. Tim's going to think I'm a moron because I said his car was blue and it's actually slightly purple yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's one of those, like, the more, especially for me, the more I learn about this sort of stuff, the more I pick up on these patterns. Yeah. Another thing with ADHD is really good at pattern noticing. Okay. So I'm like, oh, great. Another thing that is now just confirming my bias. So I, <laughs> yeah. So I'm really good at noticing patterns. And so I was like, got some news for you, pal. <laughs> um, but you, you spot it in quite frequently. The more you learn about this sort of stuff is you, you start to notice these little like trends and patterns in your own behavior. Yeah. And I think learning more about it helps you understand it and then learning the the tricks and the techniques to work best with how you function yeah um stuff like when we're talking about like doom scrolling and stuff and i i've kind of cracked the code and then i'm really shit at following it yeah having my phone in another room when i go to bed yeah and using an alarm clock makes a world of difference yeah because i get out of bed in the morning and my phone's not there yeah so it's easier to not pick it up so i'm like right i'm up my phone's over there, so I'm going to leave it over there because I know that's bad for me. Yep. I'll have a shower, make a coffee, read a magazine. Then I'll pick my phone up after I've had breakfast. And then I'm always in a better mood. Yep. But it's so easy to go, oh, I'm a bit tired. I'm just going to scroll. And then it's back in the bedroom and then it's six weeks before it leaves the bedroom when I go to bed again. Like, yep. There's so many little tips and tricks that work. Yep. It's the discipline that's the really hard bit. Yep. And stuff like that is it's really interesting and difficult and frustrating and like i know this is better for me but i'm not going to do it yes because i can't help but do this other thing which is bad for me yeah like scrolling on your phone until one o'clock in the morning then wondering why you're shattered the next day yeah yeah i'm wondering why you don't sleep as well because then we're really bad for it here actually well we have we we said we'll change when we moved house and we haven't because both lou and i were in bed last night on our phones and it's a really bad back to back as well. Like yeah, he's not engaging with like the person. Almost uh, well, you, you are because you, you, you're commenting on each other's posts, <laughs> sending each other. <laughs> it's like, I'm right here. Just show it to me. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And but that is something we yeah the, the alarm clock and and I think anyone that's listening, it's something that I really think because when I was a kid, I didn't have you know I'm 43 now or I think 
turning 43 shortly. Um, I'm not sure. When you get into your 40s, you're like, you just don't you just give up on tracking. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want... you'll come around soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You don't even want to celebrate birthdays. Everyone's like, oh, it's your birthday this weekend. What are you doing? Uh, nothing. I'm not, why would I celebrate? Regretting things. That's all I'm yeah. going to do for the day. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that's a really important thing is is, is getting off. And that, that's easy for me to say because the phone is a massive part of my life these days, but uh, as it is with most people. But um, uh, getting off your phone, especially when you're in bed, whether you're on your own or whether you're with your partner, it really should be when you're in your bedroom, it should be a phone free zone, shouldn't it? Because yeah. your bedroom is there. Well, for for the exciting times uh sometimes and but mostly for sleep it's there for sleep it's it, you know it's there for resting it's and, there for resting yeah, and yeah. switching off you know and and not being on your phone because you spend the rest of your life and your day on the phone i think that the other challenge with it is if you're because we're so engaged all the time when you actually do put that phone down and you sit in bed your brain just like goes oh i've got space to catch up yes and then you sat there and you're like i can't sleep i need my phone to help me switch off exactly like, no you're just tiring your eyes out you're not actually switching off you're just making yourself that exhausted that your brain's like right no more yeah. off we go yeah and I, I, I don't know about you but i find if i don't have my phone when i do eventually get to sleep yeah i sleep so much better oh my and i wake up yeah. the next day I'm like oh why do I do this more often? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... yeah why don't you? And, and, and I think another another thing that I, uh, something I do stick to uh, religiously is um, I fly a lot. So this, uh, on Monday, I'm going to get on my 20th flight for this year, which is insane. And a lot of those have been long haul this this year. Um, and you just got back from America, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I did two American trips within two weeks, which was which was unheard of for me. Um but and and the jet lag. Oh, anyway, that's see. I'm going off on a right. <laughs> the, the weather, the cactuses, the, yeah. the, the well, fast food. America at the minute, he just keeps sending me car spots because he's not a car guy. Yeah, but I am. So he's like, I've seen a Corvette today. I'm like, we're in America. They're like BMWs over yeah, there. Literally, they're everywhere. Um, yeah, and, and something I so something that's becoming more and more common on flights. I think pretty much every flight these days, even like Ryanair short haul, you can get Wi-Fi. But for me. I'm not interested because the getting on a plane for me is literally like yes, this is my escape time. Yeah, yeah. And and if I'm on a 11 hour flight to Phoenix, that's 11 hours of my phone on plane mode. You don't have to be part of the world. Yeah, no yeah. one contacting me, me not feeling obliged to reply to a message about what color someone's M340i should be <laughs> or whatever it might be. It's just me. And I might be editing, I might be working, or I might be drinking, or I might be doing whatever, talking to the person next to me. But I am not being distracted by this. This thing just goes. I might be watching Netflix on it, but it's a different. Then I'm using it as a TV or yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and it's such a nice feeling. And I look. That's what I look forward to more. And and I will never ever. And and you can mark my words on this. <laughs> And uh, give me a slap if I ever tell you that I, I did change my ways. But I will never look at getting a Wi-Fi. Even if it's free, I'm not interested. Yeah. No, a plane is off time. So if anyone me. sees you on the plane on Instagram, yes, they, yeah. they have de facto <laughs> permission to slap you around the back of the head. A proper slap around the back of the head, yeah. yeah. Someone's going to mistake you for some, someone else for you and slap a stranger and like, get off Instagram and some poor guy. Like, what the fuck are they? exactly that you said on that podcast that nobody listened to yeah. that you're not <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about yeah. oh oh actually it's not your joke no no oh, no um yeah but we we flew to finland a 
just over a month ago. Yes. And I forgot to save any like audiobooks or podcasts and things to listen to. And I had one playlist saved on my music and oh. it was only like eight songs long. It was oh. like a three hour flight. I was like, oh no. This is torture. <laughs> like, this is worse than if I had nothing. Yeah. I was like, it's okay. I've brought my sketch pad and my laptop. I'll do some drawing. And yeah. then my pencil ran out of lead like immediately. I was like, oh. This is the worst thing. And then my other half sat there like reading like a grown-up. And I was like, yeah. what are you reading? She's like, murder book. I was like, oh, it's boring. I don't want to read that. <laughs> <laughs> I just sat in like torture for a... So I'll try and get some sleep. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, oh, yeah. Look at the worse. emergency leaflet yeah. inside and out five times, oh, like ten times. I think okay. I did have one of my own books in my bag and I finished it within like an hour. Wow. So I just have like, two hours, which is hell for me with no stimulus in the same grey box. Yeah. On a Ryanair uncomfy seat that just oh. gets more uncomfortable the more you notice. <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, no i can i really can get behind the idea of especially on longer stuff as well like if you're off the ground it's no phone time yes yeah um, how do you find so you mentioned in your when we we're talking then about people obviously ask you about car specs and things like that as you've got a bigger audience and as it's grown how hard is it to a manage the number of conversations that people try and have and B, manage expectations around that. Because it's not a small job to have that many conversations. And it probably carries a lot of guilt when you don't get to respond. Like, how have you found a balance for that? It's a very good question. And um, honestly, I mean, if I, if, even if I'm ignoring, let's say, a YouTube video. Because YouTube videos go out and I'll try and spend the first hour and reply to everyone. Yeah. And then, and then I'll intermittently jump in and reply to comments that I think need replying to sometimes if it's a really popular video you just I don't I'm like I can't justify sitting there for four hours answering these comments yeah because otherwise I haven't got like I can't film my next video it has a big chain reaction so um and the studio app's great for that because you can sort of jump in have a look oh you know I don't need to reply to that then oh I should reply to that one um so that's one thing and then Facebook I'm terrible with and I'm in the process of trying to sort that out now um, and fix that, but well, Facebook's it, platform for content creators is a bit crap anyway. It, it, it is. It's and I don't. Yeah, I personally don't understand it. I think that's why I'm trying. In fact, um, this afternoon I've got a phone call with someone who wants to try and manage that and 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 monetize it because it is something that I know likes of Tim and um, Misha and a lot of the other big YouTubers. They do a lot with Facebook and they do. They don't, well, I don't know what they make, but they don't make like YouTube amount of ad revenue, but they do make extra revenue with the same content. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost a no brainer, you know? Like, there is like a, within Facebook's, I think it's within the business manager, there is like a monetization tab. Yes. It's like if you have X amount of engagement, it equals X amount of this and the other. So there is, the platform exists there. Yeah. Facebook's business manager system is useless okay is it yeah pain in the arse well that's why i'm glad that yeah yeah, i think someone that's probably why i've stayed away from it because i'm not good with those sort of things but um but the instagram so let's just focus on instagram for so i've got about eighty five thousand instagram followers which is a lot of people but in this day and age it's not because people have millions and millions but it's eighty five thousand. something i pride myself on and i talk i'm very outspoken about online is is unfortunately in this day and age it's very easy to buy uh followers and buy you know audience and it's very easy also to spot the fake from the real because you just have to look at a post you have to look at how um, comments and likes engage very quick to see how it is it is it's very easy to look to look at that so when you've got eighty five thousand genuine 
uh, followers that you built up over, let's say, 10 years. Uh, and I try and reply to everyone. So you start, com- I, I still have conversations on my Instagram in my DMs with people that maybe we opened a conversation eight years ago. And, and we still, we still talk to this day. So you've got that person from eight years, or you've got, let's say, 100 people from eight years ago, another 200 people from seven years ago, another 300 people from six years ago. So you've got all these layers of different people and different, you know, walks of life from all over the world. So different hours and, and it does, it gets, it gets really hard. But at the same time, you're like, you do feel obliged to reply to them, not just because you're like, well, I've got to reply to them because they watch my stuff and that's what keeps me uh, alive today and keeps a roof over my head. But just in the sense that you do have a good talking relationship with a lot of them. They're really interesting people. Um, and you now know a lot more about their lives than you did when you first met them because they only knew you. It was a one-way street, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, th- but then on top of all that, you then got, like, I know by the time you leave today, I'll look at my Instagram, there'll probably be maybe 10, 15 new DM requests from people uh, that, you know, some of them will then become regular. And so when you start looking at the numbers, it is quite, you've got to be very careful not to put up something that asks a question or too engaging too engaging because yeah, yeah. honestly it's it's like you regret it some like you'll say i don't know you might be oh you know I, can anyone recommend a great hotel and it's a brilliant platform for that but then suddenly you're like oh my god <gasps> what have i done yeah, yeah. <laughs> quick delete that story um so it is it, very difficult and it is it is it's one of those things that you need to put the time and effort in and engage with these with, with these friends i don't like calling they're not follow I hate the word followers subscribers is all right because people subscribe to you so, but followers it's like oh I'm follow it's like no no they're like they're f- you know your friend your online friends in a sense you yeah, know yeah. like they want to be friends with me and I want to be friends with them um and and I and I, I get it's so important to 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 show time for 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 everyone because they support you but at the same time there is I know some people are useless at it and some people don't even engage at all like I'm not going to name any names, but you just see comments come in, or and and there's no engagement. People don't even like, uh, yeah, like yeah. their and you just think just to acknowledge that you've seen it, like. just to ignore, and that doesn't take long. Like trust me, the like thing, and I do do that pretty much to everything because that's easy. But at least then it's like, oh, cool. Oh, he, he saw my comment. He liked it. Because I know if I do it to someone that, you know, like someone I really admire, whether it's a MotoGP rider or whatever, and if they like my comment, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. expecting a reply because I, I know, I know m- more than many others be- how much time, you know, they should be training or focusing on whatever they're focused on. But if they've had time, even if it's their management or social media person, because a lot of them do have... And that's the other. That's a whole another thing. A lot of the bigger platforms, understandably, if I had a lot more money and and I was three times the size, yes, I probably would have someone looking after my socials. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would oversee them, but I would have someone because it would take so much off me. It's one of those where your time, there's that like time is money, but it's your time has to be productive. Yeah. essentially, and it there there will be a line where it's like. I, ha- I can only invest this much time before it becomes a burden rather than a help because obviously replying to comments and engaging with your audience is a great way to keep them on track and keep them involved in what you do so it has that benefit but there will be a tipping point where you go if I reply to every comment I won't make a video <laughs> and then my audience will have anything to engage with other than the last thing that I posted and I've been replying to and it, there's going to be a balancing point with all that and I, yep. I get the same with like Tim 
we'll keep coming back to him because we have a we've mentioned him enough times now. Yeah. I messaged him when I first started doing this, so 2019. Yeah. Just saying, just started doing this thing. Would love some advice, blah blah blah. Not expecting a reply or anything like that. And then I met him last year, and we were having a chat. And he's like, "Oh, I'll I'll follow you so we can keep in touch." And then he saw the message. He was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." I was like, "Tim, I, I expected that yeah. because you've got one and a half million followers on on Instagram." Like. There is a point where you become too big to manage on, as one person. Yep. And the conversation then becomes, how do we manage it as a someone whose job it is full time, but without losing the authenticity or like? So they effectively just become a filterer. Yes. So they go, oh, this one's kind of an important one for you to reply with a personable thing. Yep. This one can have a bit more of a oh, this was the spec or this was what I thought or thank you for the the input or whatever. Like there's. Yep. It's going to be, you might have to think about this a bit more as you keep growing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's true. It is. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that would be the way, wouldn't it, to do it, to have someone. But again, it's, it's what it, it's something that I do get asked a lot is, um, and the loss, it's weird because the income, just like any self employment, uh, COVID. So I went full time really end of 2020, early 2021, where my chauffeuring business obviously was completely, uh, non-existent due to covid and lockdowns and stuff and so and but also the channel at that point started doing much better and the engagement was good because everyone was at home, at home on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, watching youtube <laughs> and so it was kind of like uh yeah i mean i know covid was those covid years were full of bad stories and good stories you know there was terrible things that happened to people and um and there was and and there was also some good stories that came out of covid and and i was very fortunate in that sense that um, I'd built a platform that was ready and almost simmering to to to, to be full time and work, and it took people to be at home in that year to sort of push it over the edge. Yeah, and it also took that to you know the the it I guess the forced neg- you in the other direction as well, didn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So it killed the business, which at the time was wasn't doing amazingly, but uh, it was still a business that killed that off. So it kind of yeah it forced me into doing something. Um, push me over the edge if you like and that that was a that was good but um but yeah and then in 2021 it was really going well and I was earning like much better money I thought I would be and I thought oh, I'm gonna get a full-time editor and they can do it and I'm glad that well, I'm I didn't have to stay up till four in the morning doing a video ever again <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but I'm glad that I didn't because ad revenue in the last two years on YouTube has really taken a massive especially in the automotive space uh because of lack of uh, parts and well, cars in general, automotive advertising is really almost stopped, yeah. and so therefore ad rates are a lot lower, a lot lower, and views are a lot lower as a result. Because if 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 a manufacturer like BMW aren't advertising my videos, then uh, the videos YouTube don't get pushed, get pushed it, yeah. and so it's like a chain reaction, and it kind of like and that's a whole. And then you need to start thinking out the box, and you look at um, you look at the likes of Matt Armstrong and. People, you know, like I mean, he is. His has exploded. This his last has exploded. Hasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, his channel. But but hats off to He's him. Still got BMX in the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still got. I know exactly. Isn't that amazing? It's a bit like um, who's the other one? Matt Walker. Is it Matt Walker? Not Matt Walker. Matt Walker's a pro downhiller. Um, uh, Matt Jones. He he's a BMX, but he does a few car bits as well, and they're both kind of similar in that way. But but I mean, fair play to to those guys. You know. Um, uh, what he does on his channel is it, you can't replicate that. And if you could, I mean, he's taking massive risks. Yeah. 
he's doing things that even car people like you and I are watching going, what? Why Why did he buy that? And wow, that's going to be a lot of... It's like the Tavarish, you know, it's that sort oh, of like... Oh, yeah, Freddie's <laughs> known for that kind of crazy... Like, yeah. When that McLaren P1 showed up on Instagram yeah. in the floods, I sent him a photo, he's not seeing it, because again, it's big audience kind of thing. Yeah. And I've met him a few times, and I'm still like, Freddie, just look at the messages, because this is funny. Yeah. I sent him a photo the day that the guy first posted, going, my P1's been flooded. Yeah. And I sent it to him going... This would be one for you, wouldn't it? No way. Cut to like six months later. He's like, I bought the P1 that was flooded. I was like, I knew it. I knew he'd get that car. And yeah. he was, I think he paid something like 400 grand or something yeah, yeah. ridiculous for it. Yeah. It's like he's basically rolling the dice on whether he can do it. Yep. But everybody's along for the ride. And then that's, and it's a, an interesting way to get around the YouTube situation is yes. that you're not watching those videos for what car he's driving or which manufacturers vested in it. You're yeah. watching it for that. This is wild. Like Matt going and getting that GT3 RS or the yes. Mercia Largo. Yep. I'll go to car meets with people that I wouldn't expect to be watching much YouTube stuff in that vein. Yeah. We'll say like a 55-year-old bloke that's in a Aston Martin. Yep. And you go, oh, did you see that Matt Armstrong video? Yeah. I'm like, as if you're the audience for this. It's yeah. like, well, actually, you're probably quite interested in how all this works. Yeah. Rather than, I'm driving this car today. Yes. Because a lot of people, they're not that fussed in that way. No. But seeing a, a kid, basically, rebuilding a Mercy Largo, yeah. finding out that the indicators are off a of Ford Focus and that you can yeah. get it for, like, 50p instead of 150 quid. Like, yeah. it's really interesting stuff. It is. And it's a really clever way to have got round the situation. And gone, yeah. Oh, we'll diversify then and we'll find something new to, to make content in a sphere that they love yeah quite obviously you don't do that kind of thing if you don't enjoy it no but also get an engagement in a way that they wouldn't have normally if they were going here's the new m3 i'm gonna go and drive it really quickly yeah and if and there's another 50 people on the internet with the same video and that's the problem oh I it have, makes is, me laugh like every yeah, time the embargo or something yeah. lifts and it's like boom and oh here just... is 20 of the same photo <laughs> same photo <laughs> same car same and it's just like oh because it was the ferrari Persang- oh yeah. the persangway yeah that came yeah. out recently. It's like the, the thing's lifted, and then Twitter was just uh, thumbnail, thumbnail, thumbnail. So I was like, "Great, yeah. I can see this car that I'm not interested in in six different videos." With the the only thing that's different is the person's face. Exactly. Like, yeah. This car's great. Yeah. This car's great. This car. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, and then you just kind of it almost puts you off watching any of it altogether. You might watch one, and then you. Don't, I think I'll tell you who's really good with things like that, and he does talk about it a lot on his podcast. Actually, is. Um, is Sam's uh, seen through glass yeah. or behind the glass, and um, he's very clever with that because he he he's quite outspoken about it as well in the sense that he'll go to I think he went to that Persangway launch, um, and he'll purposely not even bother rushing to put the video out when the embargo. He'll leave it. Yeah. He'll leave it two or three weeks, and then he he's will. He's the only one talking about it. He, only one talking about it, and he'll also put a slightly different angle on it. There'll always be a story with Sam, which is which is interesting. Normally, he's um, driven there in something cool, or yeah, part and there's of a coffee it. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a here's a car. It's no. there's a story to tell around the whole situation. Yeah, and I think that's really really important, and that's something that I want to focus on a lot more this year. Is getting. Um, I mean, I've got some interesting things lined up and series that. Um, that I want to do um, if, if, throughout the year, so keep an eye out for those. But um, but one uh, an example last year was uh, of an interesting video and something that did very well for my channel. Um, it was uh, we drove a seven series BMW seven thirty D 
which has a, a reasonably big fuel tank, so 78 litres of well, it's diesel. Um, and But it's very, very... So it's a big tank, but it's extremely efficient, this car, on the motorway. It's very, it's, it's coefficient is very low. Um, it's a very efficient car. So I'd worked out from running a similar car my chauffeuring days that it could drive from central London to central Madrid, Madrid, which is about 1,070 miles on one tank of fuel. Really? Uh, yeah. So, so I'd kind of, I'd worked it out. And, and I mean, it was, it was quite, um, it was a, so at the beginning of the year, I decided I wanted to do it 100%. So I'd spoke to BMW press department about trying to get uh, a seven th- it had to be a 730d so the the regular wheelbase not the long wheelbase uh and it had to be a 30d not a 40d because uh, they're a lot less efficient a lot faster and they tend to be x drive as well so it had to be a very specific car and ideally in se trim so on the small wheels you know With like the bigger this, tires yeah. yeah exactly um and so that one was just because you're over 40 and you're like this is so much more comfortable <laughs> yeah, exactly, nothing to yeah. do with the economy it's like my back for a thousand miles well yeah the fun yeah so i mean so the funny thing is i'll go back to that point in a second is that uh, we, we couldn't get one because it wasn't the sort of thing you'd find in a press fleet it wasn't the sort of thing they could even find in their demo fleet because why are they going to demo an se spec 7 you don't see them anywhere um, and so, and the, in my chauffeuring days, I'd always have the M Sport, you know, with all the toys. And so it was heavy. It looked nice, but it wasn't. The ride was very good, but you knew it could have been better on the smaller wheels, yeah. etc. And then you found out everyone's in Vito vans anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that, oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Towards the end of uh, ev- everything was a van. Yeah, what do you drive? Oh, so I've got a seven series. We've got S classes. Yeah, have you got a van? Ah. Oh, Yes, we can get hold of one of those. A fifty grand. You want to be in a fifty grand Vito as opposed to hundred and twenty grand seven series. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no. Um, but see, we're going off on a tangent again. Sorry, it's my fault. <laughs> I, I throw them in too easily because um, I'm listening to what you're saying, and then my brain's going, "Oh, this is relevant." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that totally. Um, and and so so I, I, so I'd basically given up on the idea because BMW. You know, fair play to them. They'd looked high and low, tried to find one. It wasn't that being difficult. They were just like, we don't have just, one. Yeah, yeah, we don't have one. Uh, Unless um, you want to buy one and it, do it yourself. You're like, uh. <laughs> exactly. So, and that was it. exactly it. Well, I was going to say on this sofa. It wasn't this sofa. It was in our old place. It was, it was this sofa but in our old house. Yeah. And I was sitting here and Lou was next to me and we'll watch the TV. And she was like, oh, so what's happening with that? Oh, well, actually, they got back to me today and they just said they haven't got it. So... Oh, it's a bit of a pain. She's like, oh no, you know, you. She knew how much I really wanted to do this idea, and so then Lou was like, um, I mean, what are they like? What what are they worth to use? And I was like, um. <laughs> so straight away, like iPad out, Auto Trader, and um, because of the generation of it, uh, so it was a G11, so it came out twenty sixteen. There were some early twenty sixteen cars that were. 25-ish grand and there was one at a dealership that I do a lot of work with very BMW in London and they had they theirs was actually there was a couple that were all around 25 grand mark they had one it was boggo basic I think the only option it had well I say boggo basic it's a seven series series. so it comes with you know it's not it wasn't at all but I mean you know most of them have 50 options um, fabric seats and no yeah, yeah exactly still nice. yeah it's still merino leather interior yeah. but i think this one had one option which was the um uh privacy glass and that's it it was a one owner car it done next to no miles it was a 20 but it was on like 
were they 16 inch wheels? I think they were 16. The smallest to get over the brakes. This, literally, yeah. yeah, exactly that. Actually made the brakes look bigger because they were like crammed in. And so I was like, oh my God, this is the one I want. And so I ended up, but that was a, such, again, nothing like Tavarish or Matt Armstrong, not not that level, but it was, it was I'm going to take a risk. It was, it was some of my deposit for this house that I was literally throwing into a car in order to produce this one video that could sell it afterwards anyway (laughs) yeah that could tank and then i was going to sell it afterwards but at the same time i was fully aware of it i'm going to be stuck with a 730d se spec that maybe nobody in the whole world wants apart from me at the moment but anyway i did it took that risk the video did really well um because it was one of those ideas that when you tell people like when i just said to you then you're like what You, you it, you knew it was going to do well because it didn't matter if they're into cars or not. It's if interesting. You, yeah, it's yeah. like, what, you're going to... That's important that you couldn't do that. Well, it's a, it was an interesting enough idea for Top Gear. Yes. And they, they have, like, a panel of people will have gone through an idea before it ever makes it to the TV show. Exactly. And they did the, the Audi A8 to Land's End John O'Groats. That's right. back, I want to say. I think so, I think Both yes. ways, because Land's End John O'Groats is, like... Four, five hundred miles. Yeah, it was about so nine. It's not, it was it's not that impressive unless you do the return journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it like would I be an electric car. In one tank. Like, <laughs> yes. I've got a sports car. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it was, but, exactly. but that means that, like, as an idea, and I think again, it's been long enough that only people that are meticulous with Top Gear will have remembered that yes. trip. It's not yeah. like they did it last week. And you're like, well, guess what? I'm going to do. Yeah. Like, I'm going to like better them. Ten, fifteen years ago, or whatever. Yeah. I'm not surprised they did well. It's a really interesting... I didn't know... I'll be honest. I am not a consumer of anything. Yep. I, other than, like, food. Yes. Like, yeah. I don't... Cons- I'm not a consumer. I don't watch much TV. Yeah. If I am, it's normally background TV for, like, while I'm having dinner. Yeah. I don't follow anyone on, con- on like, YouTube or anything. I probably don't even subscribe to yours. Not yeah, because I don't like you, but just fine. because I don't watch anything. Get out of like, here immediately. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll close the laptop now. <laughs> um, but it's like... I. I don't I think it's just because I'm busy yeah and it's because the way I'm busy is by doing stuff like I'm is doing a sport or making something or creating something like I'm not just running around having pints and smoking and stuff no. like it's just, I'm just doing stuff so I don't yeah. have much time and I always feel really bad because I hear of all these really cool things that people are doing I'm like yeah. Oh, I missed out on that. Yeah, I could have been do- watching that instead of Bob's Burgers while I eat my like dinner <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I could put something interesting on. Yeah, and then I always feel really guilty because these are really cool, interesting things that other people will know about. Yeah, I'm but like, you, oh, I've missed out on the party here. <laughs> but I think with what you do with the podcast, especially, is like you meet so many interesting people, um, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm one of them at all. But you, you meet, and, and there, there is no way, there's no f- uh, physical way that you could watch. Imagine you had to keep in, uh, up to date with everyone that you've had on the podcast. You couldn't do that. No, there's true. not enough hours in the day, number one. Um, but and, and also, I think there's, there is so many creative people out there today and there's so many interesting videos and things and, and you know, that, that it's impossible to keep up with. Uh, but, there's, a lot of, like, there's a lot of pros and cons to the way things are now. Because the, yeah. the pros are anyone can have a go now. Like, yep. We're doing this today and I've got a laptop and two wireless microphones yep and apart from the laptop the microphones are probably 200 quid yeah which isn't an insurmountable amount of money yep and i get to go and meet interesting people and chat mainly because i ask yeah that's a, a huge thing that a lot of people are scared of is just asking people in any sort of position like yep so for example i had richard tuttle on yep. who is like the boss at tuttle porsche yep because i asked yeah 
And that's it. That's all you have to do. But a lot of people will find that such a high barrier to approach. Yeah. And so scary that they don't. So you've got these pros that anyone can have a go. Yeah. And the cons is anyone can have a go. So everybody could have a go. And then nobody sees anything. And it's hard to rise above yep. the, the noise yep. by being unique. or do it. So you have to kind of, like with what you, you did with the, the BMW, you have to do something a bit different. Yes. And go out a bit of a, on a limb. Yep. To take the risks that other people won't take. Because that's the thing now. It's not you have to have a camera because everybody's got a camera on their yeah. phone. It's yeah. who's willing to take the risk to do something other people won't yes. or do something a bit more interesting or a bit more create, like in a different direction because that's what gets seen now is anything more unique yep. done well. I think just doing something different but doing it badly gets nothing. You just yeah. look like an idiot. Yeah. But doing something like you've done with the BMW for an example is it's done well, it's interesting, yep. but it's still within the sphere of automotive, so it, it keeps the right people connected to it. Yes. Um, but I, I'm guessing you've probably found a lot of that's happened in your time doing it, is that, right, I've got to now go, what's the next big thing? What's the bigger thing? What's the bigger thing? Like, How hard is that to keep up with? Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I think this year especially, uh, you know, I touched upon advertising sort of disappearing, uh, and I'm sure it will slowly come back. But rather than I've I've always based a lot of my recent channel, so let's say the last four or five years, uh, reviewing new stuff, new cars, um, and that is becoming harder and harder for me uh, for a number of reasons. Firstly, a lot of the new stuff is just a bit mundane. Um, I'm not excited about electric cars; they don't excite me. They don't have any. Uh, firstly, I don't. Uh, this is going to get a little bit political but firstly i don't fully believe that an electric car is doing much to save the planet that's my own personal opinion um and secondly uh so if you ignore that factor i don't electric cars don't excite me massively like they don't they don't have any soul they do they go really quickly and that's about it that's about it yeah there's an (laughs) on off and 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 they do have a time and a place i guess and and they they do have their benefits in certain scenarios i think they i wish they'd focused on trying to maybe electrify cities a bit more building infrastructures that actually work and 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 filling london with small electric cars not uh not these massive yeah these these three and a half ton thing that's not doing anything heavy now like the the new mg sports car whatever it's got it's got a weird name yeah that's just been released and you look at it oh that looks like a return to form and you find out it's the size of a 911 and weighs like two and a half tons you're like well it's not an mg then (laughs) why is the point just go and buy an electric 911 (laughs) it's just got they i mean basically it will get to a point where it's just about the badge isn't it it's yeah. like they're all they're all basically the same thing underneath um i mean the only electric car i've driven that, uh, that that has got to me a little bit of soul and 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 relates a bit to the brand is the porsche Taycan. But i've then, heard that a few times as well to be fair but i think they got the trick right by putting the 911 steering in it exactly and that's exactly what firstly you get in the interior you're like i'm in a porsche yeah. uh whereas a lot of brands have kind of the electric car is so different to the combustion engine car of, of old that you're like is what am i in here oh i've got an audi badge or something yeah um in fact audi aren't too bad at it in the sense that you can relate to their road cars but but the porsche is really i mean it's a special bit there's feel there's you know and even the the sounds that are piped around the cabin are pretty cool whereas some of the other stuff the other brands are like what is this rubbish turn it off <laughs> um but well, a lot of them miss the trick with you've got an opportunity to have a 
spaceships now. You can make yeah. spaceship sounds when it dries and stuff like that. Like, yeah. lean into it. Exactly. Get into a video game if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's endless, isn't it? You think what they could do with it. But, um, see, I've gone off on such a tangent now that I can't remember. Yeah, so the future. So for me, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, so electric. Firstly, also something that's three, four years ago, you put an electric car on the internet. And everyone was like, oh, wow, electric. Yes, this is interesting. And it get the views and there'd be... So it would actually do quite well. So you thought at that point, I was like, well, I'm going to have to just go with it because this is what my channel is around. Just going to have to be, you know, critical as I am and review these cars. But now you put an electric car review online, nobody cares. That the, might as well be a washing machine. It literally yeah. might as well be a washing machine. That probably get longer, more views over the longer time. So it's so 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 you've got those two um, things that are just... But also it's... I started the channel from as a passion. I started it to 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 live my dreams and to drive gar- cars which I love um and 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 feed that passion and I still get that excitement with the majority of stuff I get on the channel whether it's a I had a Skoda Octavia a couple of weeks ago as the most recent press car VRS brilliant bit Is of it kit. The estate? Uh, it wasn't, uh, and that would have made it better because I did yeah, I think that uh, I'd the, have watched that because that's what we're hoping to replace so my other half's got a Skoda Rapid. Yes, yeah. Which is a Polo estate. Exactly, basically. yeah. It's 160s or big yeah. boot, five seats. It was a like a sensible car to go with the two like non-sensible cars. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, well, the dream is the RS6. Yes. But what's realistic at this point in our life, Octavia VRS estate. Yeah. Like, it's a baby version of an RS6 that it, you can, you know, afford. <laughs> it is. And, and, it, and it, I'll tell you what, that it's a brilliant bit of kit. Uh, I... Couldn't fault it, and I knew it would be great because people always go on about the Octavia VRS. Um, it's always been a car I've had a bit of a soft spot for, but it's amazing how far Skoda have come in the past thirty-five years. Because I even said in the video when I was at school, they were a joke. It was like Someone Skoda like skip on the side of the road. Right? Yeah, <laughs> they were the butt of all jokes, but they're not anymore. And I tell you what, even though they're clearly from the Volkswagen group, they build, in my opinion, much better packages than the majority of Volkswagen stuff. Yeah, um, you know, straight from. There's a thing about if you go to like Switzerland, for example. Yeah, the car choices are like get the best Skoda. It's like buy a Skoda and like spec it to the hills. Yeah, rather than getting a base spec three series. Yeah, because they don't do like the badge worship over there as much as we do. So over here, you'll get a one one six D. Yes, with an M Sport pack to make it look like a one three five I. Yeah. And it'll just be a 116 underneath, and then I'll keep up with it in the Skoda Rapid. Yes. Whereas you go over there, and everyone's got like a superb, but it's running like a three liter diesel or something like right, that. Right. Yeah. Really well specced. Yeah. It's comfy. It's fast. It's quiet. Does everything you could ask. Yeah. But it costs the same as an entry level three series because they're not bothered by the badge. They it's want not... the car, not the badge. Yes. Which is which is definitely the sensible way to go, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's really. I outran a Golf GTI in that Skoda. Yeah. A because I can drive okay. Yeah. And the guy in the Golf couldn't. Yeah. And B because he wasn't dry like. He's got a. It was probably a one four diesel with a GTI badge on it. Yes. So I was like, I'm out running this GTI, and it's like, yeah. wait, I can hear a diesel, and it's not my diesel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. That, I mean, that is. I think regions are, are interesting, aren't they? The way they spec cars and um, and also the way manufacturers give different countries different specs and different spec availabilities. And I mean, that's a whole changing landscape with with all the. Um, I think since Dieselgate, when was that? Twenty fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Then they went to the WLTP testing, and that's become so expensive for manufacturers that we all complain about. Oh, why? You know, why can't I just option that and why is it part of a package? And I'm sure some of it is to make the manufacturer a bit more money or the brand. 
but also a lot of it is to do with testing because to to just to, if you if you could still get the hundred options individual options you used to be able to get you have to have each one tested exactly yeah. and I mean that alone the environmental impact of that alone is just ridiculous let alone the cost for the manufacturer um, so I think the fact that we still have some kind of options available yeah it's not, is, here's a two liter diesel take it or leave take it or right? leave yeah yeah uh, and uh, so yeah but I think yeah so the ch- changing landscape of the future uh, doesn't excite me at the moment uh so i'm just i'm uh, yeah i'm racking my brain with some ideas and video series that mean that i don't need to depend on what's the next greatest thing because you know like okay the m2's just been out that's great that's really me and my channel but there's not another m2 now for eight years things are starting to it's like okay where do i go next i've got to fill it with other interesting stuff so um so yeah i've got some got some ideas um and uh and yeah and i'm definitely going to go back in time more than forward in time yeah well i was going to say like as we start to see kind of it's not like monotonous but it's a bit more bland and it's a little bit like it kind of almost feels like the end yes of the enthusiasm for cars in general society yep it makes sense to go well let's go full nostalgia let's go and have a look at the back catalog let's follow these interesting stories as where they've come from like I had um, Mikey Harvey from Roadrat magazine yes. on. Yeah. And Roadrat is like pretty much about the story. It's about the interesting stuff that's either brand new or has happened in the past and going, look, it's a culture. It's not just a transport. It's racing, it's heritage, it's people, it's the diversity, the the interesting stuff that's happened within the automotive world for the last 100 plus years. That's way more dense to go through than what's the latest BMW look like. There's 100%. so much like richness to it all. Yeah. So as we get to a point where it's like the new M2, they've made it look different because it's more eye catching and it'll be really really fast. And there's not another one for eight years. You go, well, I've done that video now. I can then go. I've got a hundred years of BMW to then sift through if I want to yeah. do more BMW content and stuff like that. And there's magazines like Verka magazine have started. Yeah. And that is like BMW Lifestyle magazine. It's about the history and the culture and yep. what it means to be a BMW enthusiast. And there's so much to it. And it makes so much sense as things get less interesting to go, oh, that was really interesting. Let's just have a look at that instead. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, which I imagine will give a bit of variety to what you're putting out. And it will probably keep your interest in what you do kind of topped up as well. Yes, you're able to go and explore different things, and then people might call you a journalist. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm revealing well, a story. To, like, <laughs> yeah, that's something to work towards, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if that's not a goal, I don't know what is. But yeah, being called a journalist is the end goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it means that you you've got the opportunity to go right. I can investigate a story in its entirety and like do research and things like that you, yep. you're not just handed a press packet of no here's the features here's the pros here's the cons here's the benefits like you can go right let's go follow a thread and yeah. unravel it and see what happens yep and i think the challenge will then be how do you visually do that because a, a video of you spending six hours on wikipedia is not a very interesting video no you then have to find the the story visually for for creating a video around it and that's yeah that is always part of the challenge isn't it it's like how yeah how do you encapsulate that and i think when you're used to a certain style of video you know if, if i'm going out i filmed a video yesterday update on my m3 touring and i 
I, I hadn't even really structured that video because I knew I was like, right, it's clean. Take it somewhere. Do a little intro. I talk about this. This. They had a few little bullet points on my phone, but I was. I'm so not oiled with it, but I'm so regimented. I'm used to it, and yeah. so I'd film it all. Did I f- remember everything? I think so. Okay, cool. Let's go home, and 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 that's that. But it's suddenly, if I'm filming something totally different, as you say, if I'm like researching things, or it's like, well, how do I? How do I? How do I even approach this? How do I approach it? <laughs> and how do I film it? And how do I bring people along for this journey? And um, but. Yeah, I think it's all a learning process, but that's the exciting thing. It's teaching yourself something new all the time, and um, and keeping your brain active. And, and yeah, and it's it's probably going to help your stuff have more character to it as well because yep. you're part of the journey. Yep. And I think a lot of people appreciate the authenticity. Yep. It like when I I've not really done any YouTube stuff, but I've done a couple of little like I'm going to this place. Come with me, see what we see. And when I've not done one for a while, I'll get a message going, I really enjoy just seeing what you're up to. Like It's interesting to see you go into car things and doing stuff. Yeah. When's the next video? I'm like, I have not recorded anything because I have now got a camera. So I just take photos all the time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the next thing that's got, I'm like a little magpie. Yeah. But a lot of people really do appreciate like being part of that journey, especially when it's for someone like you where you've got access to stuff that other people wouldn't normally get access to. Yeah, yeah. People appreciate being brought on that ride with you. Yeah, um, it's as we said. Like the challenge is then going. Well, how do I plan this? Because <laughs> you you've not got the structure that you're used to anymore. Yeah, um, and it, it'll be interesting to see see where you go on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch this space because it's... it's not just your own YouTube stuff that you've done, though, is it? You've done bits for other people in the past. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've done, I've 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 been on Carwow a few times with Matt, a few of the drag races. Um, yeah, I never know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because uh, <laughs> it's funny when I've been um, when when I'm I don't know wherever I might be. People are, oh, I recognise you from somewhere. So like, oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel. Maybe that. Mm, oh, Carwell video. And you're like oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also it's the oh, I mean yeah, those drag races they do again. We touched upon it earlier on a little bit, talking about the the online uh, cyberbullying and hate. And, ah, man, I mean, if you lose a drag race, it's because you're effing idiot and you don't know how to drive. That car should have been faster. You've done it wrong. Yeah, Yeah. you should have. But then if you win, then it's... uh, You just can't, honestly, on a drag race, even... And I did... The last drag race I did was towards the end of last year. Uh, or was it really early this year? I can't remember uh, on my channel. And I'm not a big fan of drag race videos. Um, also, they don't do unless you're car well, they don't do well anymore. So there's no yeah. point even trying because it costs a lot of money to hire a runway and do all the rest of it. And there's a big risk factor. But I thought I'll do one. I think it was the M3 Touring versus M3 Saloon. Most ridiculous drag race, anyway. And and even on my own channel, you just get because it gets shared, and you get this new audience that aren't subscribed to you, don't know it, and they just come in for the hate. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like, what? Oh, well, it's, it's raining. You should. <laughs> it's well, I didn't pick the weather. The funny yeah, enough, yeah, I picked well, the day that I was there. That was it. <laughs> the day I was there, and that took a lot of organising just to get. Or well, one side of the the biggest complaint that one was one side of the runway is a lot wetter than the other side. It was raining all day. It was raining in the videos. How is one side of the <laughs> runway wetter than the other? It's it's it's, it's it, wet. It, it's been raining for hours. There was standing water. It was raining in the video. How do you know what I mean? It's just like I just can't win, and and that sort of thing. I don't know. It just it it, it really does. 
I think, um, yeah, it, it's. I think that's it. That's something that we should just touch upon. It was before. the question I was about to ask. To be fair, <laughs> oh, what the, the, med, yeah. the sort of yeah. I, I guess the, the 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 difficulty with putting yourself online, uh, and a lot of people have the opinion of, well, you put yourself out there, so you're gonna ex- you should expect the hate or the just whatever, and that's fair enough if you say that, whatever. But I think um, it, it's very difficult to. I remember. When you start out, you get nothing but love because you've got a small audience that are there for you to support you, and it's great, and that's what encourages you to carry on. But then when you get to a certain level, and again, referring back to Tim, um, Tim said it to me, I think he said it to Petropet, he said it to a lot of people, the day you start receiving hate is the day that you realise that you've kind of you succeeded, and it's in the sense that, you know... Strangers are seeing what you're doing there. Strangers are seeing what you're doing. There's the, the, maybe the element of jealousy, but... And the, the problem is, in the early days, I would react to a lot of the hate or the horrible comments. The thing is, you don't know what, really, you don't know what that particular person is going through in their life at the time. Uh, you don't you don't know the background to the, what that comment is. And as much as you hate it and you don't want it, I think the best, what I do nowadays, if I get a really hatred comment, uh, if I don't think it's resolvable in any shape or form, I'll either block the person or just make their comments invisible, so only they can see. They think they're commenting, but only they can see it. Yeah. You know, um, because I don't. Because the problem is, hate breed breeds hate yeah. on forums, on YouTube comments, on you know, literally, someone will go, "Oh, well, he said he's a dickhead." I could say it as well, or whatever, and then it just starts a chain reaction. But if that first person had said it, then it wouldn't you know yeah um and i think it's and it is it's a difficult thing to 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 sort of and i think but uh online platforms in general are really bad um because they're not controlled in a good enough space and and it allows people to say some pretty bad things yeah and it clearly gets to people um oh it's it's a never-ending list of stories of famous person bullied Effectively to death. Yep. Like it, it's more and more frequent, and then nothing changes. Nothing. You you have to take like the most recent, or not the most recent, but the big example that comes to mind is like Caroline Flack. Yeah. She was bullied and harassed, yep. and comments and comments and comments to the point where the, there's quite a tangible correlation between that and then her taking her own life. Yep. And then there'll be like a a new person on. Love Island or whichever one it was that she presented yep. and they'll receive the same treatment yep. and it's like oh, did you not learn anything from this and yeah. because people are a quite anonymous and a small voice like a small part of a big crowd yep. there's no kind of accountability to the individual so they go oh, I just blend into the other people dishing out the hate yep. but to the person receiving it it's a big it's a lot of noise like, of, it's, of course and it's all they focus yeah. it's all I imagine I mean from my personal experiences you could get a hundred good comments, positive comments, and one negative. And what will I focus on? I'll focus on the one negative. Why? I don't know. But I will ignore the a hundred other people that have said nice things, and I'll I'll look at that. Ne- and that's exactly, I'm sure, like with Caroline, that was awful. And again, I'm not. I don't watch. Okay, I, I'm guilty of watching a few Love Island episodes <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> especially when I was single, maybe. But um. But but yeah, and I and I'd seen her present. And, you know, she seemed like a lovely, bubbly, very attractive um, female, and 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 put on this clearly brave face all the time. Yeah. Where in the background she was, you know, living a bit of a dark in a, in a bit of a dark place, 
uh, and 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 those comments and every every little bit of negativity would have just got in deeper. Yeah. Um. And 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 it's terrible. And but you and I think that's what's. I mean, that's what I, I admire about what you encourage is the talking aspect of it. And and I always say this. I, I do occasionally do a little um, video on my on on my Instagram page every every winter. I do two or three. Um, and they're always very well received just talking about uh, the fact that number one unfortunately in this day and age that we live in it's very rare that you'll go through your lifetime without being in a negative or depressed place and it's it's almost a normal thing these days in my opinion because we live in such a uh, such a pressurized environment uh, everything is revolves around money no matter which way you look at it you know it's all and there's so much force and pressure you've got the online stuff that I'm sure the likes of me probably don't help with things and but then you've got the big extremes of you know you look you're a young kid and you're like oh well I should own a Ferrari by the time I'm 22 and no it's not realistic no. what you see online is not realistic it's all you know most of it's smoke and mirrors and a lot of it is absolute bs and so you've got all this pressure so and I think when people when I was younger and I first sort of experienced depression I was embarrassed about talking I didn't want to tell my parents didn't want to tell my mates I didn't even want to go and tell the doctor until I got to um a really bad part in my life where I was thinking about doing silly things yeah and so I went and saw a doctor and I actually got to the point where he prescribed me with antidepressants even though in my head I didn't really want to go down that route but I was at such a junction in my life that I was like if I don't do something about it now, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in such a bad headspace and, and everything was grey. Like I didn't... And so I got these... And actually getting them, I never ended up taking them. But just get, getting to that point seemed to change something a little bit in my life. And, and and also life at that point changed. And that's the thing. I think life's full of ups and downs. Unfortunately, it, it is. You know, you're always going to experience highs and you're always going to experience lows. And, and I think... Um, it's just about getting through those low times and you know one of the best ways of doing that is to talk to people talk to your friends talk to your family talk to everyone and I think never be too proud especially guys are ter- women are brilliant at talking you know like yeah, yeah. Um, and I know in this day and age you probably can't say oh men are better than this or women are better because the world is full of madness you can't you can't say anything but I think women in general uh, are, are much better at talking to their friends, to their mums or their dads about stuff, personal. I think, uh, like, culturally, there's been a... For generations, there's been much more of a... Women will chat and they'll share emotions and they'll be emotive. Yep. And blokes will lock it down, man up, tough yep. it out. You're exactly. supposed to be hard. Nothing's supposed to get to you. You're supposed to have a thick skin. Yeah. And a lot of this comes from, like, post-war, suck up and keep moving forward, that kind of stuff. Yep. But there is such a big thing. Like I know, gender specifics isn't what we're talking about. It's yep. cultural specifics for men versus women in a generalized cultural way. Yep. And men are really bad at putting their egos aside. Yep. And going, I feel rough. I feel bad. I feel emotional. Like just going, I feel emotional is really tough as a bloke. Yep. And even with everything that I do, and my partner being an actual like therapist, psychologist. And the network of friends that I have that are really supportive every time it's needed, there's still such a barrier of your own personal like ego going, oh, you can't be weak. You, you should be able to do this. You should be able to get through this. You should be able to figure this out. Yeah. 
and I, I genuinely believe a, a huge part of that is just because of how we function as a society, as well as men's ego being a big driving force of who how we function as people. Like blokes tend to be a lot more not solitary, but we'll just crack on and do what we're doing in kind of peace and quiet or we tend to be a lot more capable of sitting alone and doing something yeah than needing external stimulus to make us feel fulfilled yeah but the flip side of that is we then feel like we shouldn't be doing anything like socially in that way yeah if we're meeting up with the lads it's to go and watch a sport or go to a thing or just to shoot the shit about work and stuff like that it's not to go oh i feel like crap or i'm really struggling with this or i've got these problems yeah blokes really don't engage in that way very much and yep. i think that is the bit that as a kind of a society or as a culture we have a bit of a responsibility to change for ourselves yeah we need to kind of acknowledge that that's how we work and acknowledge that that's not the best way for us mentally yeah because every bloke knows another bloke that's taken their own life or yep. has heard the stories of oh we should just said something i've yep. been there for him and we kind of have to take it on ourselves to ask a little bit more thoroughly when we talk to our mates. Yeah. Even if you just go, are you okay? Are you sure everything's all right? If you need to chat, I'm here. Yeah. You're allowed to talk about it, even if we don't go into detail. Yeah. Just knowing that you might need an extra text every so often, just go, just check in and make sure you're okay or fancy a coffee or whatever. Just those little bits can make such a huge difference. Yep. And we need to kind of own that a bit more, I think. And it's good for both parties as well, I find, because... You know, I've been in in a let's say in a good place, and then a friend has contacted me who's not in a good place, and then you having that conversation with them also makes it makes you and the receiver feel much better about things. Number one, because you're helping your mate, but number two, because you're also talking, uh, and and number three, I think because you're also then going, oh, well, I've been there, or or you know, I, I've experienced that. So that's if if. If they're experienced, it's the, it, it makes it more normal, doesn't it? In yeah, a sense, yeah. it's like... And then there's and, that bit where it's like, oh, that person trusted enough in me to share that with me as well. Like, exactly. It's worthwhile to that person. Yeah, it brings you much closer together. And it's just so, honestly... And I think the other thing is getting older. When I think when you're younger, you're more insecure, understandably you're uh, more uh, uh, paranoid about saying whether it's anything, whether it's what you dress and where, how you go out or I- I- anything in life when you're younger, at least for me, uh, I'm so much, when I hit my late 30s, early 40s, I, I hope I haven't sworn too much in this episode, but I couldn't give a toss what I look like. I couldn't give a, sh- you know, I don't care what other, okay, I don't care what other people think about me. I do online, but, you know, my neighbours, if I go out, my dressing, I don't care. Yeah. And, yeah. and, 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 and. I had a that- bit of that moment today. I put on some, like, more stylish trousers. Yeah. I've got some, like, Harlequin coloured vans. Yeah. And a hoodie. And I was like, this actually isn't as comfortable as if I just took my jeans on. Yeah. So I just put my jeans on because I'm like, I'm going to sit with my, like, a bit of a pal and we're just yeah. going to chat. Yeah. And I'm going to Bister and see my friends. Yeah. They don't really care. It's not like yeah. I've got anything to prove. No. So I'll trick a t-shirt on that I like yeah. and I like the look of. And off we go. Like, that's about it. Like, yeah. And I, I'm 30 this year. Are you? Oh, I didn't. Th- I thought you were like mid, mid-20s or something. I thought you were saying mid-30s. Though. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I, I'm 30 this year. So I'm. there's a thing, especially with men, physiologically, yeah. where you're brain isn't fully kind of developed until you're like 25 yep so like the rationality centers of your brain are not quite there 
to the same extent as a comparatively aged biological female. Yeah. So when you hit 25, you kind of become a new person. Okay. Because you just become a little bit more rational, and yeah. a little bit less like ego driven in that sense. Yeah. And it's interesting, like my brother is just 25 and I've got friends who are around my age, like years of two either side. Yeah. And we kind of, everybody started changing at different points, but it was really tangible. Yeah. And you'd see like dynamic shifts in like group chats. Yeah. Like, oh, that person's a lot more authoritative than they used to be because they're like, oh, I'm not just fighting with you for the sake of winning a fight. Yeah. I'm telling you because I know something. I've got a point of view. Or, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really interesting dynamic. And yeah. it's very similar to as you kind of get a little bit older and you get a little bit more comfortable in your skin. Yeah. And you become less inclined to care what other people think of you. Yeah. You probably find it a, quite a bit more freeing. A hundred percent. I think, and I think what why a lot of that happens, especially yeah, you're yeah, you're a hundred percent right. You go through those phases in your mid twenties to thirty, and then I think for me at least, when you get to your forties, uh, well, there's a couple of things that happen: parents, parents, and family, and aunties and uncles. They all get to that scary age where you're like, you know, they're not gonna. You you start realizing they're not gonna be around forever. And some might die or whatever. That realization of the next generation start dropping away. So you're like, that's when you realize life is very short, and yeah. and you're only here once. So I think it's that combination of, I why do I care about this or that? Why or, am I living for them? Yeah. Like, why am I doing like this? Is this is life? You got one chance, and 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 and. Um, but again, none of that matters when you're in that place uh when you're in that horrible negative uh depressed down whatever you know when you're in that mind state doesn't matter if you won the lottery at that point you know it's it's it you you need you need help you need to be able to talk to people um and i think you know and also and and taking it a step further is it's all very well talking to your friends and your family and stuff but the good thing with the modern era is there's so many professionals to talk to about it and i think that's that's the other thing is just never never be afraid to 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 do that um one thing that we do with the website is i've got a list of support helplines yeah and they're all varied for a lot of like specific they've got like your general ones like calm the samaritans that kind of stuff yeah but then there's a bit more of a tailoring towards like teenagers or lgbtq and things like that yep because the people on the other end of that phone are going to have a bit more of a deeper understanding of your kind of lifestyle sure if it's a more specific helpline yep yep they're dealing with people with relative similarity throughout the day so they can be more specific in their help brilliant um and even stuff like going and speaking to a gp it can be difficult because the way that the NHS is currently, yep. they're stretched thin yep. and they'll go with the most generic response because yep. it can be nine times out of ten sufficient. And the one person that gets the pills rather than the therapy and yep. it doesn't work for them is much rarer than them being able to go, right, you've got me for an hour, let's figure this out. Yeah. They're like, right, try these, see if it works, come back. Try this, see if it works, come back. Because of the stretching, whereas yep. the helplines can do a little bit more and then even stuff like accessible therapy services now, they're more common. Like I was looking recently and there's one in our area and it's like 40 quid a session guaranteed for six months. Yeah. So then you go, oh, I can prioritise that. Like I'll cancel the gym for a month yep. to be able to do that twice. Yeah. And stuff like that, you can, 40 quid's not nothing. Yeah. 
but people pay 70, 80 quid for Sky Sports. Yeah. And it's one of those, I'll put it into relativity, yeah. which is more important, being able to watch the footy or, you know, being alive. Like, yeah. Yeah. going and sitting and chatting for an hour is probably going to do you more good than watching the football. Definitely. And it, it's so much more accessible and so much more culturally accepted now yep. to have these conversations and to speak with professionals and to go down those routes where you're not going to be as ostracised as you might have been before. Like, the generation before me, if you if someone was going to a therapist, you'd be like, oh, someone's gone to therapy. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, like, the kids younger than me are like, guess what my therapist said the other day? Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. such a different dynamic. Yep. It is. It's an open It's an open conversation, which is awesome, isn't it? It's a, a, And I think top sports people do the same thing. Like, um, you, you see, oh, I'm a massive MotoGP fan, and they've all got their psychologists in there. You know, they've got their therapist. Then they talk openly about it. It's not mm. just about the fitness and going fast it's it's all the mind games because especially when you get to that level in any sport the mind is that last percent isn't it it's the last it's the differentiator isn't it it is and um and that yeah i mean it's definitely go and that's that's really interesting about the website and 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 i and i think that's a great idea because everyone is different everyone's also yeah what what is affecting you and why why is it affecting you in what scenario and um what capacity and stuff and i think um yeah that's awesome really really good um and uh, and I think the more more it's talked about, and I love your approach of yeah, like you and I, I literally, I'll be honest, I didn't, I hadn't met you, and I I didn't know about you until I saw you at, um, I'd heard of your name, I've heard, I'd I'd heard of your brand before, but I just didn't, I, I'd never met you, and I didn't know much about you, and then we obviously met, at I love you, man, and and you you came approached me straight away, asked me if I, if you know. Can well, I, I try podcast? to get that in there early. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've got a running joke now because I'm, I'm quite pally with with the guys at Caffeine the Machine. Yeah. And I'm pretty good friends with Alex Goy and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. So when there's a guest, I I get quite a warm introduction because it's not like I'm a stranger yep. to a certain extent. So Alex will introduce me, for example. Yeah. So I get to go. Oh, did did Caffeine Machine tell you that by coming on here you get an automatic invite to my podcast? Like it's just yeah. this little like joke, but it, yeah. it's normally really well received. Yeah, and it's quite fun. But I think like especially for us, we've almost been near each other at a lot of stuff. Yes, yeah. And the first example that comes to mind is uh, Roadster, the app. Yep. I think you've got something like seven or eight thousand followers on there. Yeah, you're yep. like the only person other than me that's past a thousand. Yeah, it's There's like yeah. three of us or something like that. <laughs> And I saw that you'd done like a meet or something like that. I was like, yeah. I've heard the name, but I didn't know you. Yes. And as I said, I don't consume content and stuff. So it's not like I'll have found you on YouTube yeah, in that yeah. sense. And then you're at I Love You, man. I was like, oh, I, I go every month. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'd be interested because I've seen your name pop up on different things. And because Roadster's quite a niche app. Yeah. And you've got such a big following on there. I'm like, who is this guy? And how has he got <laughs> such a following on Roadster? Because like, I, Roadster sponsored... Um, I think it was three of my coffees and car meets yes and i was like well i've got a thousand followers on there and it's yeah. a small app so thousands are a big number and yeah. part of the conversation i was like can you make me verify just so i'm verified on one app yeah and they're like yeah sure and i'm like the only person that is and they've just done it for me with a little tick but it was i was like oh great i'm the, I'm the big fish here and then i saw yeah. you i was like seven thousand what the hell like, how there's only like 800 people on here like, <laughs> oh yeah you can buy roads app for yeah. as well yeah yeah <laughs> Just doubles up everyone else's followers. I somehow follow this guy twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's it's really nice, and this is the the thing that I encounter most, and the thing that I really try and talk about the most within the car world. It's not the cars; it's the people. Yeah, 
we, we, we come for the cars because we love cars, but you stay in this environment for the people. Yep. And one consistent thing that I've found in the car world is the people are really engaging and they're really like happy to engage with each other. Yep. Like there's the the saying of six degrees of separation in the car world, it's like two or three. Yeah. Like even the scramble is this weekend and the one last January, I think it was, I was still chatting to JK from Jamiroquai. Yeah. And the, the owner of Kurt Geiger. Yeah. But not because it was like a fan service. It was just we were stood chatting about a car. Yeah. And you kind of and go away and you're like, to be them. Yeah, and you're like yeah. this is a, a bizarre scenario that how how else in the world would these people be together yes. if it weren't for their love of cars yeah like i was in the coffee shop with my friend who happened to know jk yeah. and he came and tapped her on the shoulder and gave her a big hug and i turned and i was like jesus christ it's jk <laughs> yeah and then we were like we we went separate ways and then we were at another th- car yeah chatting with someone else and then he came over and it was his panel and, that, and then you just have these weird little moments where i'm like that is a person that I have no reason to have ever encountered yeah. in any other circumstance. Like I'm not in the music industry. I'm not in fashion in that sense or anything like that. But because we both like old cars and yeah. we just were at Vista, we're now chinwagging with people from all different walks of life. Yeah, And it's such a missed element of the car world for people that aren't involved. Yes, like You see like on the news and stuff like that with street racing and loud noisy cars and public service orders and stuff like that yeah. and that's such a small bad percentage of what the car world is yeah and the vast majority of people who also think those people are idiots yeah are here because they love the cars yeah. and they make so many good genuine honest connections with people and that's what keeps it going not the how fast can you go or how much nope. petrol does it burn or anything like that it's yeah who am I going to see? What am I going to do? Yeah. What interesting thing are we going to talk about? Like, it's a shared passion, not a a love for transportation. A hundred percent. No, I think it's a, uh, a somewhere like Cafe and Machine. Well, obviously, we 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 uh, met and we talked about um, the well, the I Love You Man's that they have every month, which I think is brilliant um, and can highly recommend it to anyone that hasn't been to one, uh, even if you're not familiar with the guests necessary. No, I've been There's, to ones with guests that. So the last one I went to was Matt Dawson. The yeah, 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 yeah. Not interested in rugby yeah. particularly. Yeah. Don't really know who he is. Yeah. He won the World Cup when I was in school, so I'd seen his face. Yeah. But it was like, I like going to I Love You Man. Yeah. I've got friends there now because we go regularly. The same people are there regularly. So I'm now yeah. making friends. Yeah. And, well, this could be interesting. You learn an interesting thing about a person that you've never met before. You do. And I think, I mean, outside of that, it's, it's a big, um, I think it's almost a... Uh, it, like like you're talking about it there, these meets and these uh, car, or car meets essentially uh, at somewhere like Cafe and Machine, they're like a giant therapy uh, session for everyone. In in the sense, it's so it's so good to go. Like you look forward to it. You get there. There's so much to talk about. You don't know who you're going to be standing next to. Like you said, you could be standing next to JK. You could be standing next to someone who doesn't even own a car. Who's you know, a 17 year old kid who's dying to buy his first whatever it is or and and but it doesn't matter because you've all got the same you're all there for the same passion um there's you know somewhere like caffeine machine or bista you've got good coffee you've got and it's just like it's like the dream it's it is such a good day out and you come away with such a nice feeling because you probably learned something you met someone or you met several people that are very interesting that you know um whether they have got a really interesting backstory or not and whether they own a really interesting car or not it doesn't matter and i think again it's the whole 
it doesn't. A lot of people are put off by. I've invited lots of people down to caffeine machine over the years, and oh, I've I've only at the moment I've only got or whatever it is, and it's like oh no, it doesn't. Like it doesn't matter what you drive. Yeah, like yeah. Dr- like I I'll park my car. I mean my car's uninteresting in the big whole, in the big scheme of things. I'll park mine in the car park most of the time, hidden away. I'm not there to talk about my car. I'm there to to meet people, drink good coffee. And look at some of the interesting cars that are going to be there, yeah. um, and 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 it's just such a great, it's such a great community, um, and it's so far removed, as you say, from these stupid street race things that go on and these stuff that that, that of course the news, the the media get hold of, and oh, they and, love a bit of scandal. That's the oh thing. It's yeah, the traffic generator, isn't it? <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. How do we get more clicks? Yes. Are these people awful? It's like, yes. well, those ones, yes, but the rest of us, no. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it, it's, it's just, it's the the thing that draws us all together. And it, it's kind of, it's a part of what I'm trying to, I don't want to use the word leverage because it sounds so negative. Yeah. But utilise that connection to make a bit more of a difference. Like, that's the reason that it is automotive. A, because I love cars. Yeah. And similar to you with your chauffeur, and I was like, it'd be nice to be in the car world, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to do something within cars. And that came about from uh, working in um, sales for UPS. If I got onto the topic of cars with someone, yeah. a complete stranger, we immediately started becoming friends talking about cars. And all the business stuff, we just, I oh, will figure that out. Yeah. But now we're chatting about cars because we've got this shared passion. Yeah. And that was like the spark for me was, oh, if we can connect people through cars somehow yeah. without having to walk up to a stranger and go, do you like cars? Yeah. We can start building these connections and find ways for people to make friends. And if we can use that to get them talking a bit more, then yeah. Well, what harm can it do to encourage people to talk more openly? Yeah. And the the whole concept is well, let's use cars to get people talking, and let's make those conversations start with the like the foundation of it's okay to talk in the mental health directions about anything. Yeah. The important part is the talking, yeah, and the acceptance that conversations can go in any different direction. Like, like with the podcast, I'm not coming here to go. So, Joe, what was the worst time in your life? Let's talk it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not a therapy session. It's no. a let's have a chat and see which direction it goes in, and it's okay to go in whichever route you want. Like, that's the thing that I'm trying to encapsulate: is you can just talk, yeah, just have a chat, just catch up with your mates, and make them feel like they can open up if they need to, yeah, and hopefully that is a bit more of a a cultural shift because there's so many different approaches to changing mentality and we've got access to therapy we've got doctors we've got pills but it's still happening yeah and it's a how do we make it just more commonplace to to have these conversations and take the edge off yeah and doing the like so I do monthly car meets I think there's five in the network at the minute as a place for people to come together yeah. like it's not a Oh, if I get all these people here, they'll buy my T-shirts. I don't take any stuff with me when I go. Yeah, I'm not there for that. Like, yes, it's great that I'm connected to it. Yeah, because a bit of brand awareness doesn't hurt, and hopefully more people will buy a T-shirt, and then they'll wear a T-shirt, and then someone will see the T-shirt, and now they're talking. Like that's the concept. Yeah, but these spaces exist as a way to get people together. Yeah, because that simple act is often enough to make the dark days that little bit less horrible. Yep. And I've had people come and go. This was the only reason I left the house this month. And it's stuff like that, if we, as a culture and as a, a enthusiast group, if we lean into, we might start seeing more of our friends in better places. 
from the sheer fact that they're doing stuff that they enjoy and people care about them. Yep, yep. Um, and hopefully having conversations like this and with what Caffeine and Machine do with I Love You Man and even what Bista do, not directly, but it's what they do, Yeah, will help people just to, you know, be a bit happier and yeah. hopefully feel like they can share when things aren't going as smoothly as they could be. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, well that's, that's a ramble on... And what I'm doing. Yeah, no. I, I, Which like people I said, who listen to this will know all about because I've probably said that same speech. About yeah, six times. yeah, no, I uh, mate. Well, like I said, I think it's great. I think it's a really great thing that you do, and and it's a very, uh, it's a very interesting and um, positive topic. Well, positive negative topic that needs to be talked about. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, um, and it kind of gives me a bit of a shield from negative comments on the internet as well. Yes. Because you're picking on the guy that's trying to help people isn't a good vibe. Like, no, no, <laughs> it no. It gets me off that radar quite nicely. Yeah, yeah. I had a guy really lay into me about something. I think it was I'd seen a, a chrome-wrapped Rolls-Royce. Yeah. And I shared a photo going, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. And this guy was like, how can you be so negative and derogatory, blah, blah, blah. And then they tried to rope someone in that had been like, I think it was Henry Catchpole. Yeah. can't believe he supports what you do but I'm really like, having a go because I said a flash car is flash yeah. and I was probably going I called a flash car flash there's more important things for us to talk about like <laughs> are you okay like yeah. do you need a chat like is there anything yeah. I can do to help and the guy like, immediately backed off I was like yeah because now you look like a dick for having a go at the guy that's trying to go oh isn't this interesting like, yeah. maybe we should talk more <laughs> yeah 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 so it's it's quite a, a an odd unexpected like byproduct is like yeah. people don't want to have a go at me because I can very easily go. Oh, sorry, I'm just trying to help. Yes, and then you feel bad for having a go at that guy. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But we're nearly at two hours. Yep, which is quite a good effort. Yes, and we've managed to keep it reasonably on topic. Yes, there's a couple of little diversions here and there, um, but two hours is quite a decent amount of podcast for most people. Yep. What can we expect for you? What directions you're heading in, and where can we find you? Um, so, uh, my YouTube channel uh, is Joe Achilles, spelt like the uh, tendon um, or the god. No, I'm joking. That Any was god, sarcasm. Was. <laughs> yeah, played by Brad Pitt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's amazing how after that film was when I was younger, I just Achilles. Okay, how do you spell that? And then as soon as that film was launched, released, whenever it was, 10 years ago now, I don't know. Probably more than that. You probably, yeah, yeah, probably is. Uh, not long after that, people, oh, wow, that's, oh, kill it, yeah. Cool, son. It's like, yeah, it's always been that, but no one knew it before. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> you didn't make it up for the YouTube channel. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Joe Achilles on, on YouTube, Joe Achilles on uh, on Instagram. They're my, my, my two big or main platforms, really. And Facebook, watch this space, maybe do something in there. But is it um, also a podcast coming out? Yeah, uh, yeah. Which got, I'm very annoyed about. But yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We just started a podcast, uh, which is called the Drive Talk Podcast. I see, I wasn't going to mention it then. Yeah, I it's all right. Wanna... No, I'm yeah. happy to help all 150 people who hear this will then leave this one and go and listen to that one instead. No, not at all. No, I, I, I think, yeah, we're uh, me, and, me and another uh, automotive YouTuber, a guy called Petrol Ped. Um, who uh, who you should actually get on, on the I need to yeah he's yeah. on my radar of 
people to ask so i'll have to tap you up for his information yeah no absolutely or get He's... you to ask for me yeah no i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure i'm telling you now pete you're doing it but uh no He's uh, he's very interesting and a very different background to me, but similar sort of story, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so doing the podcast and um, and the direction of the channel, I mean, we touched upon it in, in the podcast. I think I'm going to go back in time. I do a lot of modern stuff on there. There's some interesting videos. I've done a lot of road tour. Uh, in fact, something that's really good for the mind, um, which I get a lot of feedback for, uh is i i did a lot of petrol head tours videos back in 2017 18 19 before covid uh and i documented a lot of these so they're like five to ten day road trips euro road trips where there's a big group of you uh and you do some amazing you've got like petrol head tours lead and you never touch motorways it's always about the back roads and um and and i document and i documented them back then um, so they're quite long, like hour-long videos. Yeah. But in the middle of winter, and I do, the, I, I use them as my own therapy sometimes. Middle of winter, you're feeling a bit down. You know, the weather's terrible. Daylight's awful. You know, you're so far away from the middle of summer in Europe, uh, in, in you know, in the Alps or something. So, so I put these videos on, and, and actually, uh, just watching the scenery and, and taking it all in, even on the screen. Is is really interesting. Not much talking probably makes it much better because I'm I'm not saying much. I <laughs> shut up for an hour. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's more. Uh, but yeah, that so uh, there. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, there is a bit of a variety on the channel. But um, but yeah, uh, and uh, but mostly car reviews. But we'll see. I, I'm going to evolve a lot over the over the next couple of years, and um, hopefully, and see see what what happens. Um, so yeah, just watch this space, I guess. But um, but yeah, it would be um. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Really nice chatting to you, and I, 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 I really, again, backing up what you do. I think just it's I love talking, and it's great just discussing chewing the fat. Is that the saying? It, it is, is the isn't saying, it? Yeah. yeah, chewing the fat, and uh, and um, yeah, two hours. Where do those two hours go? I, I, I don't. This know. radiator's no longer on. When we started, <laughs> oh, so, so I'm sat with my back against the radiator, and I was like, "This is going to be an uncomfortable conversation because I'm going to be stuck to this thing." <laughs> yeah. And about an hour in, it switched off, and now it's really cold. <laughs> so I'm on the other end of the scale, and that's where it's gone. All the heat has left. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, thank you so much for sitting down and chinwagging with me. Appreciate no worries. It. I'm going to. Click the stop button now. Yes. So reach over to my laptop.